everybody. I'll just uh, I'll move more centrally, I think. Only a little bit. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who don't know me, my name's uh, Josh. Um, I was thinking this morning, we've all actually got a job to do today. Uh, it's my job to, to talk and it's your job to listen. Um, but, but, but I am... I know. I am a bit concerned, though, because I'm hoping that I can finish my job before you finish yours. So I've been given, I've been given free reign this morning to uh, speak on something from uh, Proverbs, which I'm pretty chuffed about, to be honest, because I, I really love the book of Proverbs. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Proverbs, it's, it's a book of wisdom. It, there's loads of short little uh, insights of wisdom on how to live your life. And I love sort of like the, the little memes that you get, um, the little quotes of, of wisdom. And I love those sort of things. So this book's absolutely jam-packed with it. Um, and it sort of gives us guidance on how to live a life. Uh, and that's important because um, we all have inbuilt into us this sort of natural understanding, this moral right and wrong. So we all know um, that it's wrong to murder somebody, for example. Uh, but that can only get us so far in making decisions. Um, so if we can't make a, a moral judgment on something, we have to use wisdom. Uh, so, for example, if me and Esther are ever, that's my wife, by the way, if we're ever lucky enough to go out for a meal uh, together, uh, I, I spend absolutely ages trying to pick something off the menu. And by the time I've picked something, uh, I always want what Esther's had. And there's no, morally, I can't, that moral judgment doesn't help me pick what's on the menu. There's no right and wrong answer. Um, so, but I think we'd all agree that if Esther was to go to the toilet and then I decided to eat her food, that, that, that morally might not be quite right, and, and I'd, probably, I'd probably learn quite quickly not to do it again. <laughs> so the next time we go for a meal, I'd learn from, from my mistakes, and I'd be looking at the menu, and I'd either say to Esther, shall we uh, go halves on the food, like you have a bit of mine and I'll have a bit of yours? Uh, and if she says no, then I'll just order what she's ordered. And I'd, I'd learn from my mistake, uh, and I know that might be a bit of a soft example, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, so you know, we can, we, can get, we can be faced with decisions, for example, whether we uh, have an affair or whether we cheat on our tax returns and we can make moral judgments on uh, what's right and wrong. But if we get asked, if we get faced with a decision, for example, if uh, we're going to, who to marry or whether we need to take a, what job we need to take or uh, do we move to a new town, there's no sort of moral right and wrong. Well, it depends what sort of job you're going for, I guess. But uh, there's no sort of moral right and wrong for that. So we need wisdom um, and we need sort of guidance and learn from our mistakes. So as I was um, looking through Proverbs on, on what to speak on, um, this, this uh, proverb sort of stuck out to me. And it says, it's Proverbs 18.24. It says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it got me thinking, surely uh, a brother is closer than a friend. I've, I've got two brothers, and I would arguably say both of them uh, are two of my closest friends. Uh, which is funny, because we're, we're different in many ways. Uh, one of my brothers uh, likes Pokemon and Warhammer, and the other brother's stuck in the 1800s. <laughs> but... But... So it, it, it got me thinking, like, why is, why is friendship, why, why is friendship um, to someone who's not a relative different? What's the difference? Um, so I wanted to explore Proverbs and see what it teaches us about friendship. And I want to look at, have we got the verses? I'm going to look at a few verses. And there, there they are, if you can read them. Maybe you can't. I'll read them out anyway as we go. So um, 
but we'll look at them as, as we go. So Proverbs gives us uh, this idea that if we want to live a wise life, we need to have close friends uh, alongside us. And verse 18:24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And verse 17:17 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And these verses tell us that there's something special about a friend that a family can't give us. Uh, and I've already said that both of my um, brothers are two of my closest uh, friends. So what's so special about a friend who, who isn't part of the family? And verse 17, 17 says, a brother is born for a time of adversity. And I think it's hinting at the fact that family might be there for you when things are tough. Uh, family might be there to support you. Uh, but they've got this sort of inbuilt um, uh, connection with you, you know, the, the part of your family, you, the born, the born uh, with you in in their sort of uh, in their circle, and they so they haven't chosen you. That's that's the big thing, you know. They haven't chosen you. What's that saying? You know, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And uh, when we were younger, me and Damo, because um, there are only two years between me and Damo, so we were particularly close, and we used to move schools quite a lot when we were younger. Not because we were bad or anything. We just uh, we just moved around quite a lot. So because we didn't have a, a close group of school friends, our, our friendship got closer and we were messing around once in, in the bedroom and I'd got a, a gat gun, I don't know if anyone knows what a gat gun is, but it's like a, an air rifle but a pistol and you could f fire uh, either pellets or darts. And we were just messing around like lads do, you know, shooting things. And Damo said, uh, I wonder what it's like to get shot with one of them darts. <laughs> so I shot him. <laughs> Apparently, when he said that, he didn't actually mean to shoot him. Um, and if, if Damo was just a friend, uh, then our friendship would have probably ended there. But because he, was a, because he was my brother, he had no choice. He had to sort of be there for me all the way through my life. Um, so, but a friend has no natural tie. There's no genetic obligation uh, to be there for you. They've consciously chosen to be a friend. They've consciously chosen uh, to be there. And I think uh, this has shown us that there's something unique about uh, a relationship with a friend that family can't give you, uh, a romantic relationship can't give you, um, your neighbor, a neighborly relationship can't give you, work colleagues can't give, give you. There's nothing else, no other relationship can bring uh, this special thing that friendship can. But we live in a society um, that pushes friendship to the back of the queue. Um, you know, we put other friendships first, and in a liberal, individualistic uh, society like ours, uh, a romantic relationship is sort of the top of the queue. You know, uh, you can see it through the media and TV, everybody wants to know who's sleeping with who. Uh, we get Love Island, we don't get Friendship Island. Uh, and in a, in a more sort of conservative, traditional relationship, then the family comes first. Um, but I'm not saying there's anything wrong with either of those types of uh, relationships. In fact, they're both very important. You know, without a romantic relationship, we wouldn't be here. Without, um, without family relationship, we'd struggle to survive. Um, but there's something, uh, but we neglect the importance of, of friendship and, and we push it to the back of the queue. Uh, and I, I was sort of thinking, why is this? And I guess it's because friendship is a biological uh, so friendship isn't biological or sociological necessity. It's the only relationship that's absolutely deliberate. 
Uh, and I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis quite a bit. He's the guy that wrote um, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Um, but I, I used one of his books, Four Loves, um, to sort of help me when I was putting this together. So I'm going to quote him quite a bit. And he says, Friendship is the least instinctive, organic, biological, the least necessary of all our loves. It has the least commerce with, with our physical system. There's nothing throaty about it, nothing that quickens the pulse or turns you red and pale. And as a society, we're living uh, busier, uh, busier lives. Uh, at the minute, I'm, I'm working away quite a lot and, and traveling around. Uh, and every type of relationship other than friendship pushes itself on you. So at the minute, even though I'm working away, I still have to have a relationship with my family. I still have to have a relationship with my wife. I still have to have a relationship with my work colleagues. Uh, but the fr my close friends, uh, if I'm completely honest, this last week I've not spent much time with them. It's the first sort of relationship that you push to the back of the queue. But Proverbs 13.20 tells us that without good friends, without making wise choices of our friends, our, our lives will be worse off. So how do we choose our friends then? Aristotle, who um, wrote quite a lot about friendship, he was basically Greek's version of Stephen Fry. Um, he said that um, friendship was uh, one of the main ways of living a joy-filled life. And he broke friendship down into three categories. He said, first of all, this self-interested friendship. So this is basically like work relationships. So you've both got something in common and something that draws you together. But as soon as that, um, as soon as that thing that you've got in common finishes, so as soon as you start working with that person, then your friendship ends. Uh, the second type of friendship is pleasure-based friendship. And this is um, very similar to sort of kids' friendships, the type of friendships that they have all with a sports team. So you both get enjoyment out of something that you do together. Um, but this ends as soon as that mutual interest or that preference or your tastes change. And then the third type of friendship that Aristotle held quite high was uh, true friendship. And this is based on, he said, this is based on mutual appreciation of the virtues that the other party admires. It's more likely if uh, mutual hardship has been endured, it lasts until the end, and it takes time and depends on mutual growth. And it has the benefit of both the first two uh, types of friendship. And Proverbs shows us uh, that there's a difference between a true, uh, between a true friend and a, an acquaintance. So in verse 18.24 it says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So we can have many acquaintances uh, or unreliable friends, but a true friend is quite rare. Uh, and I thought we'd have a little game of uh, Facebook top trumps. Um, so this is where everyone gets the phone out. Uh, but I've had a quick look, and I've got 467 friends on Facebook. I'm hoping that goes up today after this meeting. Um, but I'd say that probably out of that, those 467, I've actually only spoken to 50% of those in the last year. And out of those 50%, I've probably actually only spent quality one-on-one -on -one time with about 10%. So what's the difference between the 467 friends and that 10% I've actually spent any quality time with? Well, first of all, anyone could add me on Facebook. Um, I may or may not uh, accept you as a friend. Um, I'll accept all you, of course. Um, but just because, just because I've accepted you as a friend on Facebook doesn't mean that we're close friends. It more likely means that we're just acquaintances. Uh, and in verse... Um, 
in verse 27.9, it says that friendship is, is pleasantness. It says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. And when it says pleasantness, it means, it means sweetness. Uh, and when Proverbs was uh, written, sweetness couldn't be uh, added to food. It could only be discovered. So if you got some Quaker oats, you couldn't put sugar on it. You could just only buy maple syrup type Quaker I don't think they had Quaker oats, but it's a good example. I don't know, I weren't there. Um, but, and I think the same can be said for friendship. Um, you know, you, can, um, you, can't, you can't add uh, anything to it. You've got to discover uh, that true friendship. There's something there that you've got to discover. And C.S. Lewis wrote, the typical expression of opening friendship would be something like this. What? You two? I thought I was the only one. And it's this discovery of that something special that sparks the beginning of a friendship. That you've got something in common that, that, that sort of starts it off. Uh, but this, this one thing in, in common is only the foundation of friendship. You know, we all know that if, to have a house, uh, you have to build on the foundations. Um, so that, that sort of spark that starts it off is only the foundation. You've got to build on it if you want true friendship. So I want to look at four aspects of, of the building blocks and how we can uh, build sort of true friendship with, with people. And the first building block is consistency. So verse 17 says, uh, 17, 17 says, uh, a friend loves at all time. Uh, now, most of my friends probably would not want to be friends with me if they had to spend all the time with me. But thankfully, verse 25, 17 says, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house too much of you and they will hate you. So I don't, think it, I don't think it's saying that you need to be with each other all the time. I think what it's saying is that, uh, that you need to love your friends at all times, in good times, bad times, when your football team's about to get promoted or, or they'll cry with you when your football team's uh, not about to get promoted. Uh, but they'll be with you through, through hard times and good times. Um, but it takes time and a massive investment, which is why true friends are rare. And on paper, I might have uh, 467 uh, friends, but in reality, verse 26 rings more true. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. True friends are rare, but equally, you can't have a large number of friends. I couldn't, I couldn't be close friends with 467 people. There's just not enough days in the year. I just wouldn't be able to invest the quality time to all those people. So close friends are rare, but you need to spend consistent time with them. The second sort of building block is sensitivity. Uh, verse 27, 14 says, If anybody loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Now, I don't know about you, but... If you like loud loudness in the morning when you've just woke up is, is not a good thing, is it? I, we had um, Alexia had a birthday party in September, and we had a house full of ten-year-old girls. And first thing, seven o'clock in the morning, that's not a good thing. And verse twenty-six, nineteen says, "Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death or darts from a gat gun, is one who de who deceives their neighbour and says, I was only joking.'" Have you ever had someone do that or you know, do something that's hurtful to you and then just say, ah, I was only joking, mate. I didn't actually mean it. Well, verse 25, 20 says, like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or like vinegar poured on a wound is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. 
Have you ever been trying to console someone who you don't actually know that well and you just don't know the right words to, to say and you end up uh, saying something completely wrong and inappropriate? And, and people do these things because uh, they don't truly know uh, the other person. They don't know what makes them tick. They don't, they don't know them. They're not emotionally connected to them. Um, so they don't know what sort of inspires or irritates um, and they don't know them. Now, most of you know my wife, Esther, and if you know Esther really well, you'll know that she's not a huggy person. She doesn't really like hugs. Uh, and so I've got a little bit of a clip to show you. This is, um, it's a long time ago, so it's from when me and Esther met. We look a little bit different, but if you can play the clip. Obviously, Esther's Mr. Bean, and I'm the uh, fit blonde. Um, I told you we'd changed quite a bit. Um, but so I'm hoping that everyone goes and gives Esther a hug, by the way, after. Um, there is the odd time, though, that she does like hugs, but you need to know her, because if she's not in the right mood and you give her a hug, you're doing the, it's the wrong thing to do. Um, but there's the odd time that she does like a hug, but you've really got to know her to know when, when that is. Um, and she likes, I think she does like hugs from, from the kids as well. Um, but that's because there's a, there's, a, like a, um, there's a closeness, there's a connection there, that natural connection that you get from your kids. And we have this sort of special connection with our kids, don't we, where um, if they're happy, we're happy. If they're sad, we're sad. Um, but that's like that natural bond. But, as a, but the difference is for a friend, a friend volu voluntarily chooses uh, to have the same emotional connection. So if you're sad, your friend's sad. If you're happy, your friend's happy. There's this sort of emotional connection, but they've chosen that. Um, and verse 25, 20 says, Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. And anyone who can be happy when you're sad isn't a close friend. Um, so, but like I said, they voluntarily choose this sort of connection, the same connection that we have with our kids. Um, and so friends are there for us when we're sad or when we're happy. They want the best for us. And the next, the next sort of building block is honesty. Um, so verse 27, 5 to 6 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy, an enemy multiplies kisses. So what are wounds from a friend? After all, no one wants uh, the friend to, to hurt them constantly. No one, no one wants a friend to keep shooting them in the back. Um, so I think it's saying that a true friend, a true friends won't shy away from, from that open rebuke with a friend. They won't shy away from telling a few home truths. Um, now, if Damo was to um, come up to me and say, Josh, mate, I'm thinking about entering the X Factor. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is, don't bother, mate, you can't sing. Um, but you, you can't sing, can you, Dave? <laughs> um, but, but some people in that same situation might say, oh, I don't want to tell, I don't want to tell him that he can't sing, because it might hurt his feelings. But if we do that, 
Uh, all we're actually doing is saying that I love myself too much to put myself in that awkward position to tell him uh, some home truths. But we have to do it in a sort of in a sensitive, conscious way. Um, it, and it's so easy to surround yourself with people who flatter you because it makes us feel good. People who tell us good things about us makes us feel good. But verse 29.5 says, those who flatter their neighbours are spreading nets for their feet. I think it's saying that um, when people avoid telling us the truth, um, it sets us up for a fall. Uh, it puts a net round our feet and uh, it just gets us ready to trip over. If I told Damo, yeah, mate, go for it. You, you, you know, I think you're going to win this. Simon Cowell's going to love you. Uh, all it's doing is setting him up for a fall. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be embarrassed when it, it gets uh, humiliated in front of the nation on TV. Um, so we need, we need friends around us who are honest with us and don't just flatter us. Uh, and the final sort of building block is good advice. We need our friends to, to give us good advice. Verse 27.9 says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from that heartfelt advice. And verse 27.17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever given you any good advice um, that you've sort of kept with you. The best bit of advice I've ever had was from my grandma. Um, on our wedding day, we had, um, we had a book for people to sign to say that they'd, they'd been. Um, but what we asked them to do was to write a bit of advice in there. Uh, and I got the odd, we got the odd bit of advice that said, you know, never eat yellow snow. Um, but the best bit of advice came from my grandma. Now, bearing in mind we'd been married for about three hours, uh, my grandma said, uh, don't rush into marriage. Uh, <laughs> only about three hours too late, grandma. You could have saved me some pain there. Um, not pain, that's, that's wrong, I don't mean that. <laughs> it's going well, isn't it? Uh, but I think, I think these verses here say to, to our... Um, sorry, I think these, uh, these verses here say that our advice to our friends needs to be honest. Uh, and sometimes this can be hard uh, because we need to clash with our friends, we need to be honest and sometimes we need to tell a few home truths. Uh, but when we get two people, two friends together, giving advice, that hard clash, um, it rubs off the edges, uh, just in the same way that two pieces of iron, when they rub together, uh, rub off the hard edges and make two sharp blades. Um, so honest, constructive advice will sharpen us and rub off those hard edges uh, of our character and sharpen us, uh, sharpen our understanding of ourselves and of the world. So... To conclude on those bits, if, if you manage to find that foundation, that one thing you have in common with, with someone, um, and you have the time to invest into it, into those building blocks of consistency, sensitivity, honesty, and good advice, then you'll find yourself with a good friend. Uh, and I wanted to, I was going to finish it there, so apologies uh, if you thought I'd done, but <laughs> as I was putting this together, I started to look at myself and think, Hang on a minute, do, how do I stack up against these, these bits of advice? Uh, and to be honest, when I look at my friends, I thought, you know, so, some of my close friends don't stack up to these, uh, some of these advice. And that's probably because I've not been the friend that I should be. I'm not investing the time for them to become close friends. I'm not opening myself up um, to allow them in. Um, but that's because it's hard. It's hard to put in that time. It's hard to be vulnerable with people. But 
we, we can look in the Bible and we have a great, um, there's, a, there's a great example of a true friend. And we're all given this opportunity to have a true friend who does meet all these uh, boxes, who does tick all these boxes. And just before Jesus was arrested to be crucified, he was having one of his last uh, sort of conversations with his disciples, with his close friends. Uh, and he was trying to get across to them that uh, what he was about to do and the importance of what he was about to do. Uh, and he said something in John 15 that I think sometimes we overlook. He said, uh, this is John 15, 12 to 15. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are, you are, my, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And Jesus offers us this relationship, this true friendship. And when we begin that relationship with him, he no longer calls us servants. He no longer calls us acquaintances. He calls us his friends. He shares his secrets with us. And Jesus was a true friend. He was constantly let down by his friends, by his close circle that he was with. He, they couldn't even stay awake when he asked them to stay awake. Uh, they, they denied him, they betrayed him. And when God said to him, um, look, you either choose your friends or you're going to have to suffer and die. Um, you either choose your friends uh, or, so you either lose your friends or you're going to have to lose your connection with me, you're going to have to go to hell effectively. And he said, you know what, I'll go to hell, I'll die for my friends to save them. And if we have this, uh, and that's what true friendship is, if we have this um, if, if we have this relationship with God, it gives us the confidence um, through Jesus to be friends to other people. Uh, and I just want to finish with, with a quote from C.S. Lewis. You know, it's not, um, we need friends around us uh, who are there for us, who can support us, who can be honest with us. Um, and if we use Jesus as our example, that allows us to open up more. Uh, and the friendships that that uh, we're in. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that we've got them around us. And C.S. Lewis says, in friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our birth, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at the first meeting. Any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christians, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste in finding one another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. Shall we pray? Uh, Father, I just I thank you that um, you call us friend. You, you're the perfect example of what a friend is. Lord, help us to um, give time to our friendship. Help us not to just push them to the back of the queue, Lord. Help us to spend time with those few people that you put around us, Lord. Help us to be honest, uh, constructive, uh, criticism. Help us to support uh, and just be there for each other. And Lord, help those friendships to help us to grow closer to you, Lord. Help us to encourage each other as friends to grow closer to you. 
ask this all in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.